Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Purcellville, Virginia. My name is Pastor Charles Biggs, and I'm here with Mr. Ben Franks. Good morning. Good morning. Our question today, Ben, is why is it that the four Gospels uh, start differently with regard to the person of Jesus Christ? You know, Matthew starts with the birth. Uh, Mark starts uh, at the beginning of his public ministry. <laughs> John starts for before time. <laughs> um, wh- why is it? Um, and and maybe a, a more that's a specific question, but maybe more general is why do we have different perspectives uh, in the gospel? Yes, yeah. This, I, this I, one being a specific one. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's very helpful to start at that general level and 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 make sense of why did God choose to reveal himself in this way? Because I think this is something Christians wrestle with. And I think one of the evidences of that is um, the, the tendency that we have to, 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 to try and harmonize the gospels and just create one picture out of the, the, the four gospels that we have. Not that that's always wrong. Uh, you know, Calvin and others have helpfully written commentaries on harmonies of the gospels. Um, but, but what we always have to watch for when we do that is, the temptation is to try to flatten over the differences um, when what we should be doing is harmonizing the gospel so that we can highlight the differences. Because any time that you see Luke including or excluding something that the others have or don't have, um, that's the spirit. That's not a problem passage. Um, that's that's the spirit saying there's something good here that I'm that I'm, I'm revealing to you. And you need to push a bit deeper. You need to dig a bit more because there's something really cool going on here. Um, and so the uh, the reason why we have uh, four different gospels um there there's multiple reasons i think one at a basic level is that christ is such a rich and multifaceted figure um as this unique god man coming into redemptive history uh that as john says at the end of his gospel you could you could fill the whole world with yes. with gospels and and still not not uh, exhaust the limits of who he is, and so the the multiplicity of gospels is 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 evidence of that. That as his disciples reflected back on his ministry, and as the Spirit um, inspired them to record the the stories and the teachings and the miracles that he had performed, um, there is a, an overflowing uh, of of that evidence and, and revelation uh, that is fitting of the coming of the Son of God. Uh, and, and it highlights for us the uniqueness of Christ, that there's no other figure in, in the biblical narrative that receives anywhere near that much attention. Um, even as much as David will come up or mm-hmm. Moses will come up um, or Abraham will come up, uh, Jesus stands uh, above and beyond all the rest. Um, but the other reason is that each of the four authors um, is presenting the same Christ but is emphasizing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit um, certain truths and is often addressing those truths to particular audiences. Um, it's often been noted that uh, Matthew, for example, uh, is particularly concerned to draw out the connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between the, the messianic expectation of the king of God and the kingdom of God, um, and to bring that particularly to those who would have been soaked and saturated in that Old Testament narrative. Uh, and so, of course, it makes sense that when we start Matthew's gospel, for example, um, he begins by giving us a uh, a very specific genealogy of Christ that draws out he is the son of Abraham, 
the father of the promise, and he's the son of David. He is the eternal king. So you have the fulfillment of Genesis 12, 15, and 17, and the fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7 as the um, the the platform on which Matthew says, now I'm going to tell you about the birth of Jesus Christ and how this took place. Um, Luke, who also has a birth narrative for us, is particularly concerned to communicate Christ to those who don't have all of that Old Testament background. Although he'll draw those connections, he does more work to translate that to those who who aren't familiar with um, the Jewish scriptures and aren't familiar with all the promises and prophecies. And he addresses his gospel to a um, most likely a, a Gentile leader in some way who maybe had interest in the story of Christ, but needed to know historically what has gone on. So if, if Matthew is really stressing the redemptive historical connections and context, um, Luke is stressing the historical significance and very careful to lay out the order of events. And throughout his gospel will highlight the ways in which Christ's ministry um, welcomes in and includes uh, the Gentiles. And not just Gentiles as those who were maybe most visibly kind of outside the covenant people of God, um, but He's always looking for those that are on the outside. He's looking for the diseased. He's looking for the, the women. He's looking for the, the Greeks and the Romans, and he's bringing them into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, Mark's gospel is uh, begins right away with uh, the ministry of Jesus. There's a few points to show this is this is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, but he's very quickly moving us through the events of Jesus' ministry um, in a way that some have said, you know, that this, this seems to... Uh, um, really communicate well with the broader Roman culture. Um, you know, the Greeks, of course, uh, would, would probably love John's gospel because it it's beginning with the theology, it's beginning with the ideas, it's beginning with these eternal things and bringing them into time and space. Um, the Greeks were were uh, the great advocates for the, the life of the mind and the contemplative uh, life, uh, whereas the Romans were maybe somewhat like Americans. You know, there's a little bit of that pragmatic streak of, getting at the event, getting at the action. And uh, when you bring Mark and John and Matthew and Luke together, you see that um, Christ Christ covers all of these things and transcends all of these things. He takes what is best in these things and they meet in himself, and he corrects the sinful tendencies of all of these things as well. So the, the, the gospel writers are never, they're never crafting or reshaping Christ to fit their audience, but they're bringing their audience into the story of Christ and showing how um, whatever it is that they have or whatever it is that they lack will only make sense in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so as you as you think about the different gospel writers and the different gospels that we have, um, you always want to look for um, what they what they consistently include. Um, all four gospels, for example, will will talk about um the, the 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 passion week and mm. with a real emphasis so that that unity on that point tells you something important but then all of them will do something different and and will will draw out the same things in by emphasizing different details and so when you see that difference um you you want to look for something that that god has for you there and i think that's true when we come to the story of jesus uh, birth and ministry uh, as well yeah. that's excellent thank you If you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.katoctin.org. That's www.k-e-t-o-c-t-i-n.org. If you found this episode to be useful, then we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.